Brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. It's Norella Sports on the Voice America Network. Yeah, New York, respect my game. I'm all the way out here in Phoenix, living like it matters. And again, I'm having fun uh, because I get a chance to do what I like to do, talk a whole lot. Used to be a time when I was quiet. You know, I'm from a generation where the parents said you can be seen and not heard. So I couldn't wait till I got a chance that I could talk as much as I want to. And that's what I'm going to do today. But I'm gonna, today I'm going to get a chance to talk with a friend. You know, it's good to have friends in high places. But you know what? It's good just to have friends. And I just got a friend. He just so happened to be in a high place. That's my man, Kelvin Fisher. Fisher, of course, is a scout with the Pittsburgh Steelers, former running back with the Jets. Also did his college ball here at Arizona State University. Fish, what's up, man? How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good, man. I mean, you look relaxed. You know, it's it's, it's slowed down a little bit, but it ain't over. How you feeling after all that combine stuff and all that draft stuff? It, you know, that part of, of the business is over for you. Oh, uh, yeah, I feel good about it. Um, it was a grind. Um, very, very busy. But uh, I feel good about our draft. I feel good about... Um, when we prepare for the draft and, and the players that we uh, were looking at. And, and actually, we got pretty much all the guys that we really wanted. Well, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people uh, throughout the other 31 teams that would like to be able to say that they got what they wanted in the draft because, you know, many times for us pundits out here now, I'm going to throw myself in that category, you know, where, you know, we're like Monday morning quarterbacks, you know, and, and it's like, oh, man, that, you know, that, ah, why didn't you get this person? Why didn't you get that person? Why did they draft Tebow, you know? Uh, as somebody, as a professional, and this is what you do, you e- evaluate talent, and, and then you sit there and, and you give your perspective and your vote of encouragement to a particular player. How important is it to you that, that the person – that you feel, because you only have, you know, so many draft picks, is it important for you that your person that you've been looking at and you suggested be drafted, or is it, okay, what's what was best for the team? I mean, sometimes you got to go in as a player. You always want to perform, so you, you want to do your thing to keep your job. I, I, as a scout, man, are you feel like, wow, if they didn't pick any of my guys, am I out of here? Or you guys got a thing where, hey, whatever's best for the team? It's, it's whatever is best for the team, but, of course, you know, being – uh, ex-player myself and, and being competitive, you think that you looked at the best players. Um, and, and, and with that being said, sometimes the players that you like get drafted by other teams and it, it, it doesn't put your team in position to take that player. 
But um, obviously, when that person is drafted first, second, third round, and you gave them a first, second, or third round grade, um, obviously you did your job. But um, it's all about getting the right players for for your team. And and with that being said, you know you only cover a portion of the United States, um, so you don't get to see some of the players that you that your team draft. Well, you know, that's, this is going to be an education on the draft because, you know, Fish, you know there are many people out there, they have their draft parties, you know, they have their own opinions about who should be drafted and who shouldn't, as I said a bit earlier. But, but let's give those out there that are listening kind of an understanding of how your job works. You, you said that you only get to cover a portion of the United States, but you do – the Pittsburgh Steelers cover the entire United States. How is that broken up? Is that broken up into, you know, north, south, east, west? Is it only four scouts? How many scouts are there? Do you only scout a position, or how does that work out? Well, you, you scout you scout every position, um, and with our organization, we have, um, I believe there's uh, six college scouts. Then we have um, – uh, a director of college scout, and then we have a, a GM, and then we have a director of pro personnel, and then a, an assistant pro personnel guy. And with that, you know, with the scouts, we break it up in areas. We go, we go west, southeast, midwest, northeast, and uh, and uh, and east, um, and 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 down and south, southeast, and, and south is is kind of blending together in the Midwest. But what we do. We would um, we would cross check each other. So we're going to have between three and four scouts look at every. We will have three scouts look at every top player. Okay. And then you know the the middle players will have at least two, possibly three, uh, look look at those guys. So um, we have the country covered. You know, and and of course you know your com- your comparison as a scout is going to be the comparison of the players that you scout. Now, if you cover the whole United States, that means you have a greater comparison, whereas if you cover the West Coast, you're going to compare the best players to the West Coast, but the only guys you're, you're seeing. Um, and I know, I know people will, will watch games on TV, and, 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 they, and the guy, that game they watch, that guy has a great game, and everyone thinks that guy is a beast or a great player. And when we go in and we scout them um, – that great player that everyone thinks great is great is, you know, maybe a middle round guy because of all the things you you see from the four or five games you watch, you know. So and and then, it, then what's good about it is when you have three guys look at a player, you know, you're you're hoping that everyone's seeing a guy the same way you see him, and and you know, and if a guy's really good, you're gonna give him a good grade. If a guy's the middle round guy, you're gonna give him a middle round grade. If a guy's a free agent, you're gonna give him a free agent grade. But with those three scouts looking at that player or those players, then you can kind of get a feel for um, what the guy is. Now, I mean, I'm gonna I'm put you on the spot because you know, these experts out here who who look at these players and and they consider these players to be and when I say experts, I mean fan experts. They 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 think they have it down to a science, but one list I never wanted to make, and thank God I never made that list, was draft bust. <laughs> and and I know that most of the time the biggest draft bust are always those first rounders. Let me ask you this here in the studio. Like I said, I want to put you on the spot again. We listen, uh, you guys are joining me listening 
to Kelvin Fisher, uh, scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who has two Super Bowl rings, so the man knows his job. But, Fish, let me ask you, first-round bust, how, how does that happen? I, I mean, for me, I look at it, I know you the same way. I mean, we're, we're not just, this is not just business, we're friends. A person picked in the first round, I just feel that person's got to come in and contribute. How do people get picked in the first round? How do these busts happen in the first round? Help me explain that because I, I just find it hard myself to find these guys that just picked in the first round and sometimes they just can't play football. Well, I think a lot of things come into play when uh, when we have a first round bust. First of all, was he really a first rounder? Mm. That's that's that. I mean, that's one team out of thirty two picking that guy in the first round. So. Uh, did was he a first rounder on everyone's draft board? So on some draft boards, he might have been a third or fourth rounder. So I mean, if he's a bust, you know, for that team, he may not have been a bust for another team. And then, and then you know, a lot of busts are quarterbacks, mm -hmm. and we all know how difficult it is to come from college and be the starting quarterback in the NFL, and and you know, it's a lot on your plate to be a twenty two. 21 20 20 year old kid and you got to be a leader you got to demand uh, respect in a huddle and you got to perform um week in and week out and you're not talking about a 12 game season you're not talking about a two week of training camp you're talking six weeks of training camp you're talking 16 games and that's not including the four preseason games and if you make it to the playoffs you're talking about another four games but with that being said um I, I think a bust. I think a lot of players bust because they're thrown into the fire when really they're not ready yet. I mean, give them some water to put the fire out first. So, for you know? so from your perspective, and, and and let's talk about that quarterback position. Uh, a quarterback coming into the league. See, I I don't understand. Okay, why am I going to pick this person in the first round if they can't contribute? So do you feel that a quarterback taken in the first round should be allowed some time to develop his skill sets? I think, I think they should. But I think sometimes when you get a first-round quarterback, you're grabbing them in the first round because you need a quarterback today. Right. Not, not four weeks from today or six weeks from today or, or three months from today. You need one today. And with that being said, you got to be patient with him. Because if you don't have a supporting cast, he's not going to have success. And I, I don't care if you put Brett Farr on the team with three mediocre receivers and a mediocre running back. Brett Farr is going to become mediocre with a mediocre line. He will be mediocre. So um, if you don't have those things in place, if you don't have a line to block for this guy to give this guy time to throw the ball, if you don't have a running back to take the pressure off of him from throwing a lot of passes, and if you don't have receivers who can just catch the ball, I mean, everything got to be in place for that kid to succeed that year. Now, with that being said, you can build the team around them in years to come, but you have not, you have to be very smart about your draft picks and and helping him. Well, you're right about it. It's a team. It's a team sport. And uh, so he does need to have that, that supporting cast. And we got a caller online. Uh, we're going to have music coming up in, in a minute. So uh, if I break away from your call, I understand that we got to take that break because we have music. I think Ted's on the line. Ted, you there? Yes, sir. How are you guys doing? We're doing wonderful. How are you, Ted? Good, good. Thank you. Uh, the show is amazing, man. I love it. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just called to give a shout-out, man, just tell everybody that did get drafted. Um, 
just good luck, man. Be blessed, be humble, and just know that the percentage of everybody making it is very little. So just just go out there and, and fight for it every day, man. Well, I, I appreciate those comments, Ted, but, you know, it's kind of hard for homeboy to go back home. You know, after he got drafted, he didn't make the team. So I appreciate that support you're showing to him. But but that's a tough thing to get drafted and not make the team. Ted, hold on. We'll let you uh, share another comment on the other side of the break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix Living Like It Matters. Got my friend Kelvin Fisher, scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers with Super Bowl champs. Two times, two rings. Come back with us. Oh. Comprehend the guidelines. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at Tough the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at you bet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. But you know what they say, Kaye. Slow motion, better than no motion. All right, we're back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got, uh, of course, with me Kelvin Fisher, scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And online we have with us uh, Ted and uh, 
uh, Ted had made a comment about the draft, and I, 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 I'm going to agree with you, Ted. I, I was blessed to be drafted, man, and that does give you a sense of confidence of, of the team wanted you, but you got to go in there and do your thing, get it, get it done. But uh, did you want to follow with a question with Fish? Yeah, yeah, um, Fish. Um, well, I've never been to an NFL camp, and I'm currently trying to uh, try for a couple UFL teams and Canadian teams. Um, my question is, once you do make it to camp, what what can you do? What can a player do to to jump out there and grab your attention without you know without doing too much? As far as you know, time is limited. As far as reps and for a free agent guy, what can what can a player do to like put itself over top with a coach? I, I, I'll tell I tell all the free agents that uh, that I sign. Um, the bottom line is you got to make plays with every single rep that you have. Um, you have to make it hard for for coaches and personnel departments to want to get rid of you. Now, with that being said, that's at practice. But then in the preseason games, you have to duplicate that. I mean, because every player will have an opportunity to play in at least the minimum two preseason games. So when you're in the game, if you're getting 20 snaps, all 20 of those snaps got to be played you mean plays made, and if and if you're not in a position to make a play, if the ball, you know, for example, if you're a corner and the ball's thrown the other way, be in a position where they threw the ball the other way because they couldn't throw it to my side, you know, um, it, and and that that's the bottom line, really, is you know, it, it it's the NFL, man. They're they're trying to keep the best players, and if you know, and if they think a guy is worthy of putting on the practice squad to develop them, then they're going to try to keep him around. So it it's beyond just, you know, if you don't make the 53, you still got a chance to stay alive with that organization on the practice squad. And that, and they keep eight players on the practice squad. But the bottom line is is, is going to camp, being ready, being mentally ready, and because and, at that point in time you're physically ready and, and you just got to make plays. I mean, I, you know, I heard you say you, you're trying out, you're trying to get the Canada, the Canadian lead and the UFL. You know, the thing I would tell you is that when you get to camp, they when they go to personnel meetings, they want to be bringing up your name. If, if they're not bringing up your name, then it, it's going to be hard to, to, to get a shot. And and the personnel, we meet every single day, twice a day, um, at training camp. So we're discussing players all the time. All the time, and 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 then with that being said, the GM will go over and tell the head coach, "Hey, this guy's playing pretty good. Let's keep an eye on him." You know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I and I got another question for you. I ain't trying to waste up all your time. Um, what would you say to the players? If they, of course, it's a lot of college students, there's a lot of free agents, a lot of guys that didn't get picked up in the draft and didn't even get picked up in training camp, but feel like they still gotta, of course, you know. Agent plays a role, and they just didn't have that shot, you know, that exposure, either because they went to a small school or, or they just didn't have enough supporting cast. What do you tell them, cast? How do they get in the in the system? I mean, it's 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 hard. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy. It's very hard because we are on the road the following year, looking at the upcoming group of guys. So mm-hmm. if you didn't get a chance your first year coming out, I'm not going to ever knock anyone for searching that dream. Stay with it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's pro days out there, and, and there's guys showing up at pro days who play 
college ball like four years ago and they still searching that dream. I, I mean, I'm not going to knock a guy for that, but it gets hard. Every year that you're not in someone's camp, it gets harder and harder, you know. But, but fortunately, the good thing about all of this is you do have the UFL. You do have Canadian football, and all, and 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 now they got the Arena League back. You have the Arena League, so there's other options if you want to continue to play. Yeah. All right, hey Ted, man, we appreciate the call, man. You continue yeah, to support you. us and continue to call in. Yeah, best of luck to both of y'all. Okay, appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks, Fishman. I, you know, that, and that was some good questions. I'm glad he asked that because uh, you know, too many times you're gonna get a chance to to listen to. Or get an opinion from somebody that you know what they do every day is they evaluate talent and what I've always told people you know I remember my days of playing ball and what I always wanted to do whether it was in college or whether it was in pros is that I knew that those coaches would get together at night and I, I wanted them to say okay you know my name or my number who's 27 or who is 24 or did you see that play you know because I know those things would matter and I remember one time when I was with the Eagles uh, you know, a coach came to me. My position coach came to me and said, Ray, your name, we you know, we was thinking about making cuts, and your name came up. I'm like, what? <laughs> so my thing was, okay, well, tomorrow, uh, you know, and he gave me, he gave me the green light. He said, tomorrow, in practice, anybody except 31. And at that time, that was Wilbur Montgomery. Everybody else was like open season, you know, and so I, I did what I had to do. So uh, I appreciate that insight that you're giving to our listeners out there. But let, let me say this, Fishman, so many times we hear, that, that the game has changed. And, and you know, after playing ball here at ASU and then going on to the Jets and then, you know, and then coming back and doing some things and, they, and being in the league and being, you know, and scouting for a number of years now, would you say that the game has changed? And, and what is it about the game that just in the years that you've been with the Steelers or even looking back when you were in training camp or at ASU, what has changed about the game? What can you tell us about what you've seen change over the years? Um, I think I think the game is more. I know at the college level, you know, you got a lot of spread offense, so you don't have that you don't have that role grader anymore. You know, you don't you don't have those. You know, you have some teams that run the ball, but it's still almost like a finesse type of run. You know, and I think that's the only part of the game that I think changed is because you. You know, the run, running the ball, and, and that's the one thing that we, we take pride in in Pittsburgh is we ha we like running the football. We like having our road graders just maul you down the field, finish the game out, and, and, and physically wear you out. And I think in the college game now, it's a lot of uh, spread. It's a lot of, um, you know, it, it used to be man up, strap it on, and let's go to war. Where yeah, I must I must have blinked my eye, man, because third and two is not a running down anymore. Third and, and, and two is a passing down. And I think I think that's because of the spread offense. I think, you know, you don't have you don't spend a lot of, enough time in the short yardage game, so you you know with with a spread offense. And and, and granted, there's I, there's NFL teams that go one back four wide. Mm -hmm. I mean. Um, and, and when you look at that situation, you're like third and two, we in one back, four wide, and we in the shotgun. I mean, it, what are you going to get out of that? A right. pass. Right. I mean, right. you know. So I think that that part of the game has changed. And and, and I think coaches, it, it, you know, they believe in um, the, the the speed. So they, they're hoping that they can get the, the quick 
pass or, you know, a quick dive and, and things like that, whereas it's just not the physical part of the game. Any, the game isn't as physical as it used to be um, back in the day. So Okay, so with that being said, if, if you look at that and, and, and the game has changed, it's more of a more physical I'm, – I'm sorry, it's more of a wide-open game in terms of the passing – uh, we understand now that, of course, you know, even trying to protect the quarterbacks and trying to contact, uh, protect the receivers, you know, when they're vulnerable and, and they're open. Uh, l- let's look at position by position as well. I mean, because there are people out there, and, and I need to ask this question first before I go to the position by position because that, that that's changed. But uh, let's look at the draft that just, you know, we just had the draft a few weeks ago. You know, draft 101, if you were, regardless of what position that it is, what is it that kids can do, you know, to, to get drafted? I mean, w- w- even once you get to the combine, it, because a great percentage, I think about 90% of the kids that are in the combine get drafted. But what is it at any position that you think a person can do? And I know you're probably going to say, man, you need to be balling. <laughs> but, you know, to get drafted, I mean, is there something in particular that you could say, you know, that they to say to them? Because, man, there's people who hanging on every word you say right now, Fish. What can they do to put themselves in a position that might catch your eye as a scout where you say, I'm going to put him on my list because we need to draft him or he probably will be drafted by somebody? Well, I mean, I think, I mean, like you said, you, you have to perform. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. We watch way too much footage, you know, to, to determine where we like a guy. You have to perform. But I'll tell you this. I like physical players. And I think um, a physical player, and I, I mean, a physical player that's pretty good, that's a pretty good athlete, he's going to have a chance. He, he's really going to have a chance because he's going to probably beat everybody up. Um, if you got a guy that's athletic and he's soft, most likely that guy will not last that long. I mean, and I, I think I think the game of football is still a physical game. You know, it's interesting you say that because, I mean, this is coming from an offensive person, meaning you're a running back, okay? But you're talking about, you know, somebody who is physical. And in my mind, you know, the epitome of that is Steve Smith, you know, a wide receiver, but he, he physical, he nasty, you know. Heinz Ward, you know, an offensive player, physical, but nasty. And, and then I see what you said about the, you know, if, if you, you know, you got all the skills, but you don't have, you know, you're not real physical. You know, and I like Ucho Cinco, one of my favorite receivers in the game. I, I like just the way he run routes. I like his ability and all that, but not real physical. But, but he has some talent in the game. But I appreciate you bringing up the physicality and you're an offensive-minded person. Most of the time when people think about being physical, they think about on the defensive side of the ball. Right. And I, and I know you love physical defensive players, but, you know, those offensive linemen, them big teddy bears, them offensive tackles, you know, they ain't always teddy bears. You know? Right, right. They, they, they got to move the chains a lot of times, you know, and when they don't do their job, then, you know, there's a lack of a running game, and you, you, you still can't win, and I'm, I'm sure you agree with this. You still got to run the ball to win championships. I believe in that, and, and I also believe that, when you have a physical team, physical teams end up beating the other team. I'm going to ask you a little bit about that, too, man, because I know last year after you guys had uh, uh, won that Super Bowl, you were at training camp. I wonder how physical it gets nowadays in training camps. You know, do, do they really get physical like they used to back in the day? Listen, Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Kelvin Fisher, scout. 
for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hope he sees you. Hope he sees you. What I had to do, cause I had to give. I'm up all night, getting my money right until the bloom of whites. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. This is Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Me and Fish was talking a little bit about how the game has changed, you know, and he likes those uh, physical ball players. But it's amazing that, you know, football players just like the game is physical. So, you know, back in the day, you know, I, you know, I just love some Earl Campbell. I love some Walter Payton. You know, I love some Wilbur Montgomery, you know, because, you know, these guys, they were running backs, but they're going to give you the blunt of the blow. They're going to hit you instead of you hitting them many times. So, 
uh, I understand, you know, what he's saying. And, and you know, I got to throw this one in there. Though, but one of my least favorite running backs back in the day was Franco Harris. I just didn't like Franco was probably the smartest running back of all of them because Franco ran out of bounds all the time. But Fish, don't touch that one because I know. <laughs> <laughs> but Franco got them Super Bowl rings too. So, let me anyway, <coughs> now we talked about how the game has changed. We talked about how it's being more physical. You know, let me look at the offensive line. Have often, when you out there looking at offensive linemen, as the years gone by, have things changed? Is there some things out there that offensive linemen should be doing different than they were doing years ago? Uh, I, I think I think some offensive line, linemen are a physical offensive linemen. Um, and you have some that's a finesse offensive lineman. And it depends on where they go. And, you know, I mean, like, for example, the kid from Idaho, I Potty, everyone know about I Potty. He went in the first round to San Francisco. He was a physical offensive lineman. He tried to maul you. He tried to beat you up every single play. Now, there are, there's offensive tackles who's going to pass your pass rush. You're not going to get past them, but they're not physical. They're, they're going to run you. They're going to put their hands on you. They're not going to let you get to the quarterback. And in the same breath, I can say that same guy can come off the ball and maul a defense in. So it, I think it depends on the offense. Um, sometimes it depends on how patient you are. It, it doesn't, you don't look as physical because you, you're a, pit, a patient blocker, but you get the job done. So with me, I'm, I'm looking for a guy who can stay on his feet, have good footwork, and, of course, we all want that physical guy. But if he's not physical but he can give you a punch and jolt you, I'll take that. He'll guy. stop you in your tracks. Exactly. Okay. Now, okay. Let's, okay. So let's look at the. So that's the offensive lineman. What's changed about the position of tight end? Is the tight end position changed over the years since you've been evaluating talent? Yeah, it, it's changed a lot because you know, um, you want at first. First thing you want is a blocking tight end that can block first, and then he can run and catch. But nowadays, it's, it's the reverse. You rather have a guy who can run and catch before he can block. And the, and the reason is, a lot of times a tight end, if you watch them, they just position themselves so the guy can't make the tackle. Whereas back in the day, you want that guy to come off the ball low, roll his hips, and drive. You know, And that's, that's the difference. Uh, I'll give you an example. I scouted a, a guy, maybe my second year in the business, third year in the business. I didn't like him. Um, but he can run and he can catch. And the guy ended up going in the second round. Well, I didn't give him a second round. Great. Now, with all that being said, he didn't last but about three years in the league because he wasn't physical. Mm. So eventually, you have to do some type of blocking. But I'll tell you this: he can get down the field and catch the ball. But he, like you said, but he didn't last. Right. But, and, but three years, and he and it wasn't due to injuries. Right. He, he, he just he, didn't he, get it done he, he fizzled out. And I think he might. It might have been three to four years, but he fizzled out. But I really, I liked him as a as a pass receiver, tight end. I, I loved him, but I, I I couldn't. I didn't want to put a high grade on him because I didn't think he can block. Okay. Um, but he did. He got drafted in the second round, and and I, and obviously I was wrong. Um, but also I was right. Right, you know? right. Because three <laughs> years, I mean, three years, that's just about what the average career right. is. So, but, you know, he didn't have an extended career. So Right. He played He played like three or four years. He was drafted in the second round. But I, he, I'll take a day. I'll take give right, me a day in pro right. football, and I'll be happy. I'm sure he was happy. But right. but, that, but that's good information, Fish. Now, let's look at the wide receivers. Now, me, me and you off, off, off air have had conversations about wide receivers, and, and, and we've talked about what everybody's looking for out there. But just from your perspective – uh, and, and, of course, this is your professional perspective because people listening now, the, the wide receiver nowadays, how has the wide receiver position changed? What, what What's the wide, the new wide receiver? What well, are they looking for? I, 
I don't think it changed much. Okay. I think the receiver is still that guy that catch the ball, runs good routes. You want some speed. You want quickness. You want a guy that can catch, a guy that's not afraid to go across the middle. I mean, I think more – I think Heinz Ward then put that stamp on receivers as being good blockers. And I, and I honestly believe there's receivers in the NFL – that is trying to be good blockers. Well, I tell one thing I tell my son is a receiver can extend the yards per carry for a running back if he just get in front of a few safeties and corners and keep them out of play from making a tackle. Right. You know, he can add a couple yards onto somebody. I mean, you know how it is a running back. You know, it's, you know, you're three point nine as opposed to four point two. You want that four point two guy. No question. You know, and I think receivers can do that. So I, I like receivers that block. I, I, I really do. Uh, okay, let's go on the defensive side of the ball because. Again, people, offense, defense, you know, special teams listen to the shows. Now, I'm going to hit you with this one. And, and if you don't give me the answer that I'm seeing out there, man, I'm going to say you ain't giving me the truth, Fish. Defensive line. Now, now you you got to tell me that the defensive line position has changed over the years. It, I'm it, seeing some it, midgets out it, there on it, the football it, field. It's, it's changed. <laughs> I think because y'all got a couple midgets out there, man. It, it's, but they're it, balling. It's changed because you can now you're not afraid. To take that six foot one, three hundred pound. That's what I'm talking. D lineman. But I'm gonna tell you this: when you do look at those guys, you gotta watch them because I guarantee you they're quick and they're getting they're getting penetration and they're playing on the other side of the football. Okay, see now, but 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 you got But where was that? Where was that six foot one? Was that six foot one guy out of the league and a fan at home before? Because that six foot one, three hundred pound guy or or two eighty or ninety. He wasn't playing defensive end before. I think that six foot one, three hundred pounder, two eighty was playing guard. <laughs> that that might be true. That could have been true I too. I think right. that's where. The, but I I think, and you also have to understand, you got guys, you know, big guys in high school that get to college and they just continue to grow. You know, they're still they six one, but they continue to get bigger. I should say, and those guys become. They, they were fullbacks at one time, and they become linebacker and linebacker to D tackles. Well, the, guard, the guards and, 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 and linebackers and fullbacks, uh, in high school, those positions kind of, you know, were interchangeable, right. you know, so you looked at that. But, but I, I am just seeing, and now I'm going to move over to linebackers because I'm just, you know, linebackers used to be, again, the guy used to be, you know, 6'2", 6'3", you know, linebackers. That, that was a generation ago. Now we got linebackers 5'11", you know. We got some 6'0", we got some 5'9", 5'10". What's changed about the linebacker position? I just think I think the shorter guys play with better leverage. I mean, and I, and I can almost tell you probably half of them were wrestlers at one point. But also, you know, the defensive schemes are different. I mean, you're trying to keep your middle guy free. And so if I'm 5'11 and I can run, you know, and I have great change of direction and lateral movement, and, I, and I'm freed up, no one's getting on me to block me, oh, they'll make tackles all day. So, what kind, so at that linebacker position now, so linebackers, and I know me and you talked about this too, it doesn't impress you. You just want that quickness. But what is that showing up on that, on that stop clock, on that stopwatch? What, yeah, if you're four. Five, four, six. You like them, or they? Are you taking a four-seven guy? You know, five-eleven linebacker, four-seven, real quick. Those times, because you know, kids listening, they want to hear. Well, I mean, it's it's, you know, you got you got linebackers in the league and playing at big-time colleges. That's probably four-nine-five flat. But 
with their instincts makes them a four seven guy. So they so on the on the clock they four nine, but they play at four, at four seven. Yeah, I mean because I mean it, it's all about your instincts, you know, diagnosing the play, seeing it before it even happened, getting to the getting to the B gap before that center can get on you. Now you already in the center. The center can't block you because you're across the line of scrimmage getting ready to make the tackle. Now, and now you, you say that that instinct too, Fish, but also I think you, you we got to acknowledge the fact that that instinct comes from somebody who spent some time in, in the classroom and they see something and they trust what they've seen because they've seen it over and over again on film. I, I, mean, I, I would agree with that. And I, and I think I think some instincts is, is just natural that you can't, you know, it's one of those deals when a coach see a player, he say, he's doing things I can't coach. Um, and I think that happens with a lot of linebackers. I think they just have instincts. They, you know, and, and, and then studying the tapes helps a lot, you know. I, I agree uh, because, I, you know, I've heard, you know, I've heard uh, they said about Everson Walls back in the day, you know, he was just, he was a natural corner. Some things, and, you know, I've told you this about, you know, Lil Fish, man, you know, sometimes, you know, running backs do things, you know, that, you don't teach. You give them the ball, and they seen that cutback way back there. It's like, man, how'd you see that? You know, it's you. You can't teach. You just give a running back, and let him do his thing. Okay, well, let's look at now. One thing you and I had talked about before that maybe, perhaps, maybe there were people out there that were looking. Let's go back to the wide receiver position. I think the game with with the way the game's being called and protecting the wide receivers. There's not a need except down in the red zone for that big, strong wide receiver. But is that big, strong wide receiver still something that – because I think they're linebackers playing wide out. Is that something that everybody's still looking for? I mean, everyone wants – you know, everyone wants the Kelvin Johnsons and, you know, the big receivers who can run. Uh, but, I mean, with all that being said, it's rare that you're going to get a big receiver that can run. I mean, you may have a small receiver that's fast. Mm -hmm. I mean – I just don't think he's going to be blessed with everything. Now, Kelvin Johnson is a freak. I mean, he can run, he can jump, he can run routes, he can catch the ball. Uh, the big receiver, everyone would like to have a big receiver, and especially for the red zone. Mm. I mean, to throw yeah. the fades and stuff like that. Chris Carter, all they can do is catch touchdowns. Right. 6'3", you know, catch touchdowns. And, and I, think that's, I think that is big for some offensive coordinators, and there's some offensive coordinators that probably want quick, fast guys. Well, I'll tell you what I like, you know, I, when it comes to corners, I, I like corners that are quick and fast because I think a quick and fast corner can get up in that, that big wide receiver's chest and prevent a lot of things from happening. But I don't get paid to make that decision. You do, Fish, so we're going to take <laughs> your expertise and we're going to take it on the other side of the break. You're listening to Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm at Phoenix Living Like It Matters, Kelvin Fisher. That's right, Super Bowl champion scout on the Pittsburgh Steelers is with us and we'll be back after the break. I ain't got no car to take you on a date. I can't even buy you flowers, flowers, The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up, speak up, or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We 
be some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports uh-huh uh-huh yeah rihanna uh-huh good girl going bad uh-huh take three action no clouds in my stones let it rain i hide your plane in the bank coming down at the dow jones when the clouds come we go all right got that music Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. You know, I, I, it's an honor and a privilege to have a friend in the studio with you and get a chance to talk about, you know, something that you love to do, game you love to play, game you love to watch, and just be a fan. And uh, I'm sure it's an honor for Fish to be able to do what he loves and get paid for it. So, got Kelvin Fisher here with me. We talked about the draft and what it takes to get draft. We talked about how the game has changed. You know, we talked about a little bit of everything, we, you know, the position by position, try to help cats out so they can get their thing right. But last but least, when we talk about positions, you know, one of my favorites that I, that I, I of course, played is, is safety. And this is near and dear to me. Fish may not even, he may not even comment on this. But over the years since I've been here, a couple of those years, three years, he and I, uh, we, we kept our eye for four years. We back and forth, a young man played for USC and uh, Taylor Mays and uh there was some, I, I read some things. I, 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 I actually talked to Taylor's dad about a couple years ago, I think when Taylor was going into, because he was a senior this year, right? Right. When he was going into his junior year. And, uh, you know, we had a conversation about, you know, if he should or if he should not come out. And I'm just of the perspective, because it's such a violent game fish, that if, if, if you have a chance to come out, that a young man should come out. You know, 
and, and I guess what I like to ask you, because see, I've read something recently where Taylor was a little bit upset because of the fact that he had trusted in Pete, Pete Carroll, you know, and he had, you know, asked Pete if there were some things he needed to work on, you know, how he, you know, if he needed to come back, if he should go, if he should stay, leave, whatever. And I, I don't think Taylor felt he got the, the best advice. And then he was on the board and Pete didn't take him. So let's say there is a young man there in college. And, and he has some potential and possibly could come out and and maybe draft it. Uh, you know, you should only, I think she's only come out if you're going to be a first rounder. Is there a system in place where they can gauge, you know, where they would be drafted at for the underclassman who's considering maybe coming out as a junior? Is there a system in place where they can check with somebody, find out if they're going to be a first rounder or not, or, or that system not, ex they, they just got to, you know, play the game? No, there, there's a system. The NFL has a system and they have a committee and, and when players just think they want to come out, they send their name into the committee. The committee evaluates their talent and sends them a grade back to where you're first, second, third, fourth rounder. Um, now, I don't know if, if, if Mays sent his name into the committee when he was a junior. Um, and if he did, I'm sure the grade would have came back good to where he would have wanted to come out. Now, with him staying in school and him talking to Pete, um, I mean, I don't know what the conversation was about. I don't know, you know, if 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 if, if May said, you know, what do I need to work on? What do I need to get better at to get to the NFL? Um, as far as what the public saw, was that he was a first rounder mm -hmm. his junior year coming out if he had came out. And the media um, contributed because every time it, he's on TV, they talked about him being the best safety right. out there, big, strong, fast. All and that. I, and that was the media. I, and I don't, I don't think Mays put his name out there for the committee to evaluate him. But um, it, it was, it, it was unique for him to stay in school. And I, and you know, I applaud him for that. I mean, I, I don't know how far he. I don't know if he graduated or. Well, I'm pretty you know, sure he did. You know, with um, his mom and his dad, and speaking to his dad. I think there was an emphasis on education. Now he could have maybe even be done close to after his junior year. Yeah, I, I don't know all of that, but uh, it, you know, it, he he did what he wanted to do, regardless of what the head coach told him to do. I mean, prime example was Sanchez. Uh, Sanchez wanted to come out. He felt like he was ready to come out, and he came out. So I would never blame a coach for a kid staying in school mm -hmm. because, you know, you played, I played. Um, you, if you're a starter for, four, for three years, you know if you're ready. Yeah, and, I, and I'm going to agree with you to agree in this particular case only because I got some information that you didn't have. I, I did read where, you know, Taylor was a little bit upset because he felt as if he had trusted in Pete and asked Pete, hey, what do I need to work on? Do I need to work on anything? And, uh you know, should I go? Should I stay? And, I, and it seems like from the interview that Taylor felt as if he came out last year that, you know, and you know better than he does. <laughs> if he came out last year, he might have got drafted higher than he did now, which means he lost millions of dollars. But but then not only that, he felt somewhat betrayed, I believe, from reading this article because, you know, the coach is gone. He did what was best for him. And that's two guys. Now, I look at Mark Sanchez. Pete wanted him to stay. He goes and starts for the Jets, does a great job. You know, Taylor, uh, we don't know what was yet to be seen, what he'll do in the league, but it's somebody that, that, that the media at least was building him up to be a first-round draft pick, and he's a second-round draft pick. So he's looking forward to Seattle, you know, I mean to the uh, 49ers playing Seattle, you know, twice a year. So 
Uh, but that's good to know because I didn't know that. And I'm sure there's many of you out there who, who don't know that as well. But there is a system in place of which the NFL will look at a, t a talent, give that talent a talent evaluation, and they can gauge perhaps maybe where somebody – you know, may pick them in the draft because they could fall. You know, they don't guarantee them, but they give them some of that information. Right. No, there's no question about it. They they will give you the information if you want it. Um, and as far as with Mays and and, and Pete, I I think um, that you know whatever any any head coach is going to tell you, he wants you to stay just because simple fact. <laughs> I want my best players to be around. I mean, yeah. you gotta you gotta really think about yourself. Talk to talk it over with your parents. You know, um, if you have anyone else involved in your life, talk it over with them because there have been guys that leave early and not get drafted in the first round or the right. second round or the third round. You know, so I mean, it it is here or there, but you gotta be comfortable with making your decision. And, and making that move you're right okay man let's move on because we only got like three minutes and i gotta go through some stuff here real fast and, and you know a couple of these comments i don't expect you to comment on but listen i want the world to know that th there are some things going on out there with the, the new orleans saints and you know i mean man come on you know this was this was the new america's team after what happened with katrina for this team to come through what they you know and and wow rise and and, and carry the city on his back and all this stuff with sean payton and allegedly you know him you know, in possession of some Vicodin, you know, got through there at the facility and another coach maybe, you know, that's just got to be a distraction, you know, and, and there's some distractions going on in, in Pittsburgh with Big Ben and, and all those things. And in particular, you know, Pittsburgh still has been such a classy organization, Fish, and, and, and Mr. Rooney being an ambassador for the country. I mean, he, he's been appointed an ambassador for a country. So I get you to the point where, okay, I know you're not rebuilding, you're reloading, but is it difficult for you to guys to reload in what's been happening this offseason, or are you just gonna take it like, hey man, I don't care what happens, we gotta reload and we gotta go play ball. And, and that, that's that's the approach. That's the approach is that hey, we gotta reload and go and play ball. I mean, we don't we we drafted and we picked up players years ago that have to play. That's the bottom line, and we we tuck them for a reason. You know, um, I'm not gonna comment on Ben's situation, but. I think eventually he will be back. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, there's still some, there's a, there's a big animal out there still in that, in that division and in, in that conference, and that's still the Indianapolis coach, and, and I think you guys can go, you got to do what you got to do, right? Right, no question. And so, uh, hey, man, black and gold, got to get it on, got to strap it up and make it happen because there are no excuses. I mean, it's, it's to you, to us, Fish, it's no different if somebody got hurt. Somebody right, got to step right, up. Right, someone have to step up and play. Well, hey, fellas, you heard it. Fish mm. called y'all out. You got to step up and play. Y'all got more Super Bowl championships than anybody. Mm. Yeah, I like this thing, man. <laughs> yes, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix and living like it matters. Got my good friend with me, Kelvin Fisher. Two Super Bowl championship rings from the Pittsburgh Steelers as a scout. And, of course, was with the Jets for a while. And ASU running back. Mm. I got to go. It's that time. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. And we'll never be worlds apart. Maybe in magazines, but you still be my star. Baby, cause in the dark, you can't see shiny cars.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.